participants. Okay, um, recitation has started, recordings underway. Uh, I'm delighted to be joined uh, by a dream team from SolidWorks. They've been great partners uh, with the Fab Lab Network and they're rolling out, a, among many other things, a really exciting development, which is their uh, cloud solution. You can think of it as SolidWorks in the cloud, but it's much more than that. Um, so with this great group assembled, we have a very busy hour. And to start, I'll hand off to their CEO, Jean-Paolo Bassi. Take it away, GP. Okay, I share, right? Yep. Share screen. Looks good. Okay. Okay, good morning, everybody. Uh, my name is Gianpaolo. I work for SolidWorks, and I'm here with uh, a lot of very interesting people. Uh, today, we will talk about a few things. I will give you a quick update on uh, what we do at SolidWorks, who we are, and then uh, we will go into very interesting uh, uh, demos, technical demos. We show our cloud product, the one that Neil talked about. is called XDesign. Mark Martel is going to show a very interesting uh, uh, preview. Then uh, we will have you, uh, shown you to talk about uh, uh, X design, uh, Fab Connect. We connected with F-Design, the capability to uh, fabricate, uh, manufacture almost anything from, uh, from X-Design, Fab Connect. Then Lou Feistein about uh, IoT. We have connected X-Design to uh, an environment to build uh, smart connected objects. I think is something that could be very interesting for all of you. And then Eric Weybrand, uh, he will talk about the simulation in the context of manufacturing, especially for additive manufacturing. So SolidWorks has been in business for more than 20 years. Today we have many assets used by about more than 5 million users all over the world, both from a professional environment and also from, from academic, for academic institutions where we are taught in 33,000 uh, academic institutions and also used in, in research labs all over the world. Um, so these are numbers we are very proud of, but recently we are expanding in this new phenomenon of uh, personal fabrication, circular economy that is fostered all over the world by this amazing thing, which is the Fab Lab. And we have been partners with Fab Lab. We help uh, uh, we made the pledge to create uh, one new fab lab in some part of the world every year i think we did well so far in fact we started three of them one was the first one was in rwanda uh, the second one was uh, in bhutan and the third one was here very close to us in our own campus this is where we are uh, uh, talking from uh, today and uh, we believe that this is uh, the future not only of uh, for what how things will be uh, invented but also how society will work. Basically, you fabric, uh, you, you, you manufacture locally what you consume uh, locally. And, and we are fully uh, invested in this, uh, in this very interesting vision. So we uh, have a very large portfolio built uh, during the years uh, for mechatronics. We don't do, we, we are famous for our CAD product, the 3D geometry, but uh, our full vision is mechatronic basically ob objects that, that have intelligence that is usually uh, designed, implemented through electrical and electronic devices. More recently, we are expanding our portfolio on the cloud with products that are part of the 3D experience platform. Uh, here I'm, I'm showing a marketplace 
uh, that is a, a new addition to our portfolio and is, is an online uh, outfit where everybody can go and get manufactured. They can get bits for manufacturing uh, things uh, with many different technologies, could be additive, but also laser cut on traditional lathe and, uh, and so on. The convenience is that you do, you ask for a bit while you design. So you can also have a, an idea of the cost of manufacturing of uh, what you do. Uh, a recent addition is a, a product called, uh, oh, here you also see in the same platform, a very large inventory of manufactured parts. So you know, when you design something, you tend to reuse things that are already existing. And we made it very easy to find uh, these components. There are over 30 millions of components indexed, and we want to go uh, to 100 millions uh, in, in, in the next year or so. Here you see how easy it is to select these devices, uh, have access to all the specification, and then drag and drop it in your design directly from the selection window. Let's see if we can wait for the movie to go that far. So you select here, and uh, it's as simple as drag and drop as usual. Let's see if we can get there. Okay, of course, we have the preview. Uh, you select. I don't want to spend too much time on videos, but this is interesting. Okay, here you go. So very easy at your fingertips. Uh, and as you can imagine, we believe we make uh, the process of innovating, innovating much faster. We have product designer, which is a full suite of mechanical design, including uh, sheet metal and uh, drawings and those type of things. Here we see sheet metal, which is part of uh, what uh, mechanical designers do. And uh, this is fully compatible with everything that, that we do on the 3D Experience platform. Very importantly, access to very advanced tools for simulation and manufacturing. Here you see uh, something that seems trivial, but is a simulation of uh, large displacement. This is non-linear field uh, type of simulation. This is a gigantic uh, ramper, uh, rubber bumper that is used in the marine industry. So this bumper is supposed to avoid the damage when a tanker gets close to, to a dock. As you can imagine, a mistake in this type of simulation can create a lot of damage. And doing it, doing real prototypes is very costly because this bumper is, is of huge proportions. Uh, next, I wanted to show a little bit of X-Design to, to, to stress the mobility of this uh, of this application it can run from everywhere it, you just need a browser you don't need a powerful laptop you can run it on uh, on a on, a, on an ipad you can run it on a chromebook on an uh, app on a macintosh wherever you want because it runs doesn't have any installation it runs entirely in a browser and uh, the interesting part is that you will see today demoed is uh, that you have put uh, simulation up front meaning that uh, you have design guidance so we want to go away from the old paradigm of the sketch and extrude to fully embrace an immersive simulation experience in every step of the design process. And I want to show a short video to show you what our customers are doing with these technologies. This is a company called Unlimited Tomorrow. And this one is another one called SG Robotics in Korea. They do prosthetics. We believe that this is Mayomo. Uh, we think that prosthetics uh, is, is a field and in general, the applications of technology in healthcare is uh, going to open a very uh, interesting uh, future. Uh, this is another customer of ours that is going to make a difference in society. It's called the Blockable. 
and they are trying to make a revolution in the, of the housing, resolve the housing crisis problem with a new modular way, prefabricated components that can be assembled, as you see, like uh, Lego blocks. This is one of my favorite companies. And notice the, notice the beauty. And also these units are completely connected uh, and, the, and autonomous from uh, energy management. You can, co you can connect from remote uh, with, uh, with, uh, with an iOS device and uh, they are designed to be very sustainable in terms of materials and very low energy consumption. Um, just a word on the future of design. I th we believe that uh, it basically rests on two concepts that will be briefly illustrated today. We believe that the future of design rests on the capability to integrate uh, all the disciplines. So today design is uh, a multidiscipline, multi-physics, uh, type of, uh, of workflow. And we believe that uh, the tools uh, to make it happen should be highly integrated. And of course, automation. Automation that is, uh, should be across uh, everything that, it, that we do, including design. So, and we will, so, we will show today how design itself can be automated. In particular, automation comes in three flavors, we believe. It's called assistive automation, like for instance, uh, making it easier and faster to do trivial tasks like creating an assembly. If you look at the screen right now, it's very obvious what you want to do, which is add the, put a wheel in each of the legs of the chair. But today, guess what? You have to click multiple times for each and every one of those objects because even uh, patterns would not be uh, fully uh, appropriate for this type of job. Now, we believe that machine learning can uh, facilitate this process and make it much faster. So this is what we call assistive uh, uh, automation. Next one is augmented. You will see it uh, at work today. is about using uh, uh, using uh, simulation to augment the capability of designers to make uh, uh, powerful decisions, very well informed decisions. And uh, this is an example here using uh, uh, topology optimization. But you will see it uh, in action later on. The last one, in our view, of um, uh, automation, we call it autonomous, and is probably the uh, smartest way to do simulation and which is uh, it doesn't require human intervention and uh, it should not because for instance in this case it's a CMM machine uh, for quality control and uh, the uh, cycle is can be completely uh, automated by just reading the manufacturing information that are today embedded in the 3D model uh, through, uh, through protocols like a model based definitions that are fully embedded with what we do. So uh, today, I think uh, we should leave a lot of room to X-Design. X-Design is a tool that is probably defining the future of uh, time also from uh, a delivery point of view. Again, it has to be simple. It has to be available instantly to everybody who has the patience to install anything this day, who has the patience to update anything. So as being a cloud product, this is, uh, doesn't require any installation and uh, it is automatically updated. Uh, all of you should have been invited to a tenant. So a tenant is a, a basically a place on the cloud which is private to the MIT. That is the, this kind of exotic name just means is a private space, private to all of the uh, Fab Lab students. You should have received this from Abhishek who is managing the Fab Lab here and will help all of you uh, throughout the use of this, uh, of this tool. I just wanted to remind you that uh, uh, the process to subscribe, so you get an invitation through an email, you create a passport, passport is just a way for us to create a login.
to know who you are and who logs into our platform. And after you have created your password, the first time you connect to the platform and you log in, you have a screen, a screen like this, a welcome page. Uh, just uh, click through four or five uh, uh, of these pages and you will be explained what are the essentials on how to use the platform index design. For any questions or, or help, you can use uh, Abhishek and his team. This is the email. It is included in the email that you should have received by today. And this will be yours to use for up to one year. And we are uh, at this point uh, making it possible to have X design available in all the Fab Labs in the world uh, with an unlimited type of uh, time, uh, time constraint. So thank you for your attention. Now I would like to uh, pass the podium to uh, Mark Martel for an amazing demo of uh, X design. Thanks, John Paul. I think you just stop sharing. Yeah, we can turn. There we go. Perfect. Yes. All right. So, so John Paul mentioned exactly kind of what we're going to talk about here with X Design. One thing I, I get asked a lot. He showed that timeline a while back where SolidWorks was first created in 1995. In August, for me, it would be 22 years since I first started working with SolidWorks. So. The question I always ask myself is why CAD in the browser, right? So John Paulo mentioned a couple of things. He mentioned the fact that we were tired of updating our software. We're tired of uh, working on a PC only without using different devices like a tablet or a Mac. Um, but I think there's other reasons why we, we do it. All of us, I'm sure here, we use Office, Microsoft Office, we use Word, we use Excel. They're the most powerful tools uh, out there when it comes to those two products. However, every day I get it to my office, I log on and I go right to my Google Sheets. I use Google Docs extensively. And the only reason why I do is to collaborate with other users, with my colleagues. It's not as powerful as Excel. It's not as powerful as Windows or Word, however I use it. And it's only reason why I use it is because I can collaborate with my friends and my colleagues, and I can also use it on any tablet and device. And that is why my belief is why X-Design is so important. It's, it's a tool, it is CAD, but it allows us to collaborate a little bit easier with our colleagues uh, and others. So I, I'm going to try to play two little roles here. One role is this manager perspective. I log in to my uh, 3D experience platform and I'm going to, I go to a community. This community is, 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 is rich in content or could be rich in content. This example isn't too rich, uh, but it allows me to, to collaborate with my peers on projects that we're working on. In this example, we're working on this icon explorer, which is a, uh, lack of better terms, it's a souped up wheelchair. Uh, and what we're going to do here is we're going to try to design a, a cross brace for this back of the wheelchair. To do that, though, I'm going to see, I'm going to monitor the, the progress of the team while they go through the design process using X-Design. I can do that many ways. I can do that within the swim community, which all it is is a, a place to post uh, blog posts and comments and rich uh, uh, images and 3D models, as well as obviously post some questions and some ideas. A lot of power with the community itself, but we don't want to spend too much time here. Uh, the other place where we can start to utilize the, the platform is just the fact that I can search and find data very easily like you would in any sort of browser-based tool. So I'm looking at all the collaborative spaces. When you get invited to that tenant that John Paul just mentioned, you can start creating what we call collaborative spaces. In essence, they're just folders. They're folders that we're familiar with when it comes to design. Uh, inside of Windows as well as even in Google Drive with, the, with all the folder structure you can utilize. 
and it can be hundreds of content. And of course, any type of search capabilities in the browser is, is imperative. So I can quickly go ahead and just do a quick search on what I'm looking for in this case, which is a part of this wheelchair that we're gonna work on. Uh, there's also uh, the ability to do um, viewing capabilities. So if I wanted to, I can quickly go ahead and, and view what I wanna work on here, which is this wheelchair portion. And being a non-Xdesign user, I can see this data rich easily and get access to it and zoom around and, and measure and do I, what I need to do from a viewing capability. So the other person, the other mark I'm gonna to play today is the person who's gonna design this cross brace uh, in this area of this design right here. So let's go ahead and do that uh, using Xdesign. You will see that I have a sketch that we've created to get an idea of template size to do this part. So we'll just go ahead and, and, and jump right into Xdesign and get going. Again, the beauty of a, a browser-based CAD tool uh, is very familiar. John Paul mentioned the ease of use of this product, and it really is extremely intuitive. Uh, I'll start sketching on the top plane. We're going to use some of this geometry as a reference. So I'll go ahead and take the, this is the, the pipe that we're going to go ahead and, and brace. So I'll take this circle. We're going to offset this just a little bit. We'll do it maybe a half a millimeter. And then we'll go ahead, and maybe let's make it one millimeter. We'll accept that. And we're going to go ahead and offset that one more time. We're going to create a little bit of a thin wall feature uh, in this little area. So we'll offset that as well, say four millimeters. And for those who are familiar with SolidWorks or uh, desktop, you see a lot of the familiarity when it comes to the tools that we're going to utilize. Uh, I'll start sketching some geometry using a click click or a click drag, whatever you're familiar with. We'll go ahead and just go from a line to a tangent arc very quickly and easily. We'll do something like this. And then we'll make one more tangent arc coming off this and somewhere in that area. And we'll add one more line at the bottom of my design. We're gonna take advantage of symmetry here. So we're gonna go ahead and just sketch it right to the, the origin. And then we'll make that center line construction. We'll get rid of what we don't want. Not both of those, just one of those. And then we'll just take everything and we'll just mirror it to the other side. You see right away when the, the tool starts to realize you have closed contours, you see the shaded aspect of it. Things that, again, that we're familiar with if you currently use uh, SolidWorks. The dimension thing is really interesting. You don't need to go ahead and invoke a dimension command, you simply can just pick your, your objects and then start dialing in your, your values. So I can just pick this radius, the radius comes up if I wanna make it real and active and changeable, and then just go ahead and click on it and put in my <clears> number. <throat> make this last one, make this 65 millimeters. And maybe I wanna control the overall height between the origin and this point. And we'll go ahead and put this in at say 30 millimeters. That looks like it's a pretty good starting point. And we'll go ahead and, and begin our design by extruding it. And the, the tool is powerful enough to understand what you want to do. So if I want to go ahead and extrude different portions of my design, I'll go ahead and let's toggle this off. We're just going to extrude the overall shape with the whole, and we'll do a mid-plane extrusion. Well, let's just say 15 millimeters. And we'll accept that. Now, if I wanted to, let's hide the sketch for right now. <clears throat> I was again watching this from a different, different person, 
I was back in my preview window, I just hit refresh or the, the let the browser do it itself. You will, um, am I using the right pop-up? Oh, you know what? Thanks, Manish. We're gonna go ahead and save it back up for- uh, Which in future you should not need to. That's right, it's, yeah, it's on you, man. Yes. <laughs> we hope to, to hope to not have to save in the future. Right now we do still save. Uh, when we do save it and I hit the refresh button, you will see the, uh, the update uh, come over my preview window. So you're good to go. So the person can constantly be updated as what's going on uh, with your design as you, you work with it. So let's, let's, let's have some more fun in, in the sketcher here. So let's go back to the sketching and let's, uh, let's offset some of these these entities. We're going to offset this one. Uh, let's do this 12 millimeters. <clears throat> and then we're going to offset this one, let's say 14. And we're going to offset this one. Uh, uh, let's do this for, let's do 10 or so. Now, although I'm a diehard SOLIDWORKS user for the things in this tool that really do amaze me. I'm going to show you one here in a second that I absolutely love. So you can see my sketch is a mess, right? I didn't clean anything up. Uh, I will clean up one part. We'll, we'll just clean up this part right here. I want to add a fillet. I want to round off all these sharp edges in my design. So I'm going to grab my sketch fillet command and just by dragging it, and depends on where I drag, will actually determine the size of my radius. And once I do that, I can just continually drag through this and I can grab all of these radiuses automatically. And they're all tied to the original one, which is in this case, one millimeter. So if I wanted to change this, I simply just change this one dimension, say make that three, and they're all update. It's something really kind of cool and powerful. I'll do the same, I'll add one more pocket down here. I'll do something like this and we'll sketch this one. Again, watch that as I sketch, uh, radius, I'll just keep on going through this. And again, they all make it uh, equal as well. So we'll do something like this. We'll make a, uh, another extrusion. The cool thing also about our extrusion, if you use, those of you who do use traditional CAD systems like SOLIDWORKS, as you know, we make a boss or a cut, depending on what icon you choose. Uh, and so in X-Design, we can choose, it's one feature, does everything for us. We can make a cut, we can make a solid, we can add material, we can subtract material, we can make it a thin wall feature. You have the flexibility in this feature to do anything you want. In case it's so flexible, we, we call it the uh, super feature. For lack of better terms, that's what we call it. That's not on me, it's on someone else. We'll make that uh, a pocket of seven. Whoops, I actually didn't hit the uh, cut button. I just go back and make that a cut. Let's turn that sketch back on and let's make it one more. Let's make this feature go right through everything. So we'll do a cut, we'll do through all, and we'll accept it. I'll make one more feature just to utilize that super feature command. We're gonna just sketch a quick line, come over, make it horizontal, and then we'll go back to it and we'll make it a, uh, an arc of some sort. We'll do something like that. That feature, we're going to do the exact same thing. We're going to go to that same command. We're going to make sure it's a cut. We're going to make sure it's a thin wall. We're going to do a mid-plane uh, thin wall feature. Do something like this, do true wall, and accept it. Let not make that again. Which direction that go? So we get a little cut up there. 
Now, obviously, if it's, it is a CAD tool, so we have a lot of cool features down below. We can go ahead and mirror this to the other side. So we're going to go ahead and take this command. We'll just simply mirror the geometry to the other side of my design. So we'll take those, just, just pick them on the graphics area. That looks good, and we'll accept that. I want to get rid of any of my shop edges. It's contact sensitive, so if I just pick an edge, my options are choose a radius. I can simply just go around now and just round off all those shop edges that we might have in my design. The last thing I might want to do for this part before we go back and see it in the tree is uh, put some radiuses. I also notice my cut's too big. So let's go back to edit cut two. We'll just go to that sketch that we created that with. And we'll change the dimension on that. Just back this up just a little bit. All right, so the last thing we want is just to round off all these edges. So we'll put a radius on the pockets as well as the top feature. And we'll accept that. The cool thing about our fillets and our chamfers is I can also double click and change this and I can toggle between a fillet and a chamfer. First, I, I forgot one, so we'll add one to the queue and then I'll change the fillet to a chamfer and we'll accept it. So you can go back and forth between chamfers and fillets very easily, very dynamically. You can see your update. Again, if I'm monitoring this from the preview side of things, if I toggle back to my design and I refresh the overall preview, things get updated. I can also add to that swim post if I wanted to and get an idea of uh, some feedback right from my peers, asking if this cross brace is gonna work out or if I need to make any other changes. John Paula mentioned the design guidance tool. And I'll quickly go ahead and, and show you how that works as well. So I have this part that I've already designed, but maybe I want to see if, if there's a better design out there versus what I just came up with. So my action bar down below, I have a design guidance command. I want to go ahead and go through this pretty straightforward. It's going to clamp some faces. So you saw from the overall assembly, this face and the other face is clamped with some fasteners. Mm -hmm. So we can go ahead and clamp those two faces. And we'll accept it. And then we're gonna add a force on these faces right here, which should be where the pipes are. Now, when I add this force, the magnitude is what I'm gonna de define right now. This is a great little uh, help key, if you will, for how much weight, how much magnitude you wanna use for this face. This is perfect because one of the options is the average weight of an adult human, which this is a wheelchair, so that's perfect. It was 600 newtons. I'm just gonna make sure that it's going in the right direction, which is case I wanna go down. So I'll reverse that direction. And then we'll go ahead and accept it. Now from a design guidance standpoint, I could have just added two sketch entities and two faces, kind of like what you saw John Paula do in his little video. But in this case, I have a model already. So one of my options when I do go through my uh, design guidance, I'm gonna ask for a redesign. I'm gonna choose my green part as my redesign. It is symmetrical, so I can take advantage of symmetry. 
and pick the right axis. That way we can make the results go a little faster. And I'm going to go ahead and hit uh, generate. So now what it's going to do is going to run through a bunch of iterations for us and come up with a shape that fits the, the two constraints that we just put on it. It's obviously fixed in one phase. There's a weight on the whole. So it's going to take a, a few minutes, about a minute to run through this, uh, this design guide and study. But at the end of the day, I'm going to have this shape. Now the shape can be used as a reference to redesign my, my green part, uh, but it can also be exported as an STL file. So you can go right to 3D printing, which around here is one of those options to, to go, go with. So it's a cool way, a tool to allow us to get an idea of what the part might look like or could look like, depending on the constraints that we put on it. So it is doing some analysis behind the scenes. You see that uh, scroll bar up here, when it does come back, I can toggle the overall weight. So how much mass do I want to have for this part? That's really the biggest metric that we're going with right now is the overall weight that's going to come up with. So you can see it's kind of going through a bunch of iterations and trying to figure out exactly what might, might work best for what I've gave it from the constraint purposes. <clears throat> from a new design standpoint, it's a great tool to just kind of get a great concept of what might you might want to go with from a shape standpoint. And you can have as many constraints as you want. You can have a bunch of spaces that you use as clamps. You can use a bunch of faces for forces and then let the, the model go and, and run the study for you, then design around it or from it. Or again, export as an STL file. Again, you have full capability of when, you, when it is running, you can kind of zoom in around, see what's going on, how it's building it, where it's building the mass. You can, you know, all this kind of makes sense based on the restraints that we put on it. This face is clamped. This face has a the magnitude of 600 Newtons going down on it. And it's kind of just bulking up the area in this area in order to support that. Should be done in 30, 21 seconds if I time this correctly. When it is done, we can show it on both sides so we can see the full model, even though we did only half of it for this example. This is it, the results of what it might look like. This again, is an idea of how you could design this part if you want. You can see the granular results, see how it built it by a voxel kind of standpoint. You can switch to a wireframe mode. This is kind of obviously the STL file it's built of. And you could inspect some of the details. You can kind of walk yourself through the, the shape of it. <laughs> which is kind of interesting so you can kind of see the slice by slice bit of material that's needed as you go through the thickness of your model. It's a lot of ways to investigate the overall design when you're completed. Again, it's a great little tool to help with the design. You can just save it and you obviously can hide it and turn it on, turn it off whenever you want. So that's my quick and dirty example of SOLIDWORKS X design. We taking questions now or are we going to wait for after? Yeah. Going to wait at the end, I'm afraid, because we are packed. Busy schedule. Yeah, so it's time for Lou Feinstein now to talk about uh, uh, IoT, Internet of Things. How we, we did the, uh, a connection of uh, a tool, a commercial tool called SIBO to X Design. And he will show you how to design a connected object, smart connected object, uh, with a combination of the two. Lou, you have the podium. <coughs> Everybody, can everybody see my screen? Absolutely. 
So uh, when it comes to IDA, um, IoT, we're going to start about the, the three really concepts that we've talked with our customers and have gone through the experience. And really, the, the first thing is, is we talk about ideation, design, and build, and manage. Where ideation really talks about the hardware product planning, software planning. Design and build is mechanical, electrical, and software, including the embedded systems, and manages all of the cloud-based activities, data analytics, and data automation. Mm -hmm. And what we're seeing today with um, IoT products is um, they're much more complicated. And here's kind of a very simple graph of the complications and then the interactions that take, take place between them, the behavioral interactions. In a basic product, you have mechanical and a product design. When you talk about advanced products, you have, control, you have uh, controllers, hardware development, firmware development, mechanical, and product mm -hmm. design. Now, when you go to an IoT product, you're adding all of the IoT data security, data analytics, cloud development software, um, software and uh, applications that are on your, uh, your smart devices or even on your PC. So you've added a whole nother layer of technology that most people are not, so you're going multidiscipline. So you're going from mechanical to electrical to software all in one particular product very, very quickly. And to do this, what we've decided is that we're working with the, the Siebel platform. We're really looking at a, um, an easier way to, to, to deliver these IoT products. So we've developed a, a you, with Siebel, as we developed an IoT modeler, an IoT simulator, what we call an execution hub, and an IoT behavior or analytics type, uh, types, type capabilities. And really what we're looking at is the ability to define, validate, learn and improve on what you've done, and then deliver your product. And it's really putting it all together um, into, a, into a, what we're calling a, an IoT system model. So here, what we're gonna show very quickly is, the, uh, is an add-in that we've developed for X-Design here. We're using a, a very common robot that's actually the robot that's here in the Fab Lab from UR, um, the UR10 robot. We've, uh, we've been working with UR and the, and the folks here in the Fab Lab. So we're just showing it in X-Design and we moved it over to X-Design. And here you're gonna see we've added a new tool. And again, this is a prototype that allows us to, this is where the IoT starts, is we're defining all of the IoT or the connected elements that are in your design so that we can get behavioral, we can get data structures, and we can <clears throat> understand what products are in your design. And in this particular case, I know that this, uh, this particular unit has five or six um, DC motors, we can make a very simple model, and we're gonna be able to go in and drag these DC model motors. And these motors have, th these little tags that come on here, have behavioral information that will be moved to, when we, when we um, move it to the platform, um, you'll be able to see um, the behavioral models, and we'll be able to get data directly on, from these little behavioral tags that we're putting on the product. And this one here I'm running in, a, in, in just a video, but I'll move over to a live demo in a second when I go into the platform. So what we're doing here is we're defining elements in your SOLIDWORKS design or your X design and that allow us to know what particular products and what particular elements have IoT or data, data collection elements. So this is really a mechatronics type solution here. I'm gonna add a PLC in here that's gonna be communicating. Right. And we're also gonna add a Wi-Fi capability into here. Uh, also, because it, it's, uh, you know, with connectivity, Ethernet. So we have a whole lot of predefined uh, technology um, that's in here. So what we're doing here is we're saving the product. And now I'm going out and saying, hey, where am I going to actually move this product into what platform and what project I want to move it to? So these systems are interconnected. So what I'm doing through X-Design is I've tagged all the locations where I have elements that I really want to use in the, in the IoT space. Um, so once we've done that, so now I'm, I'm going to move into the, into the platform and we're going to kind of run through um, the different 
scenarios that we have here. And I'm going to run this video uh, again. And what you've, done, you've seen is I've brought it into, into the platform. And you'll see that all of those tags and all those items have been brought across into the platform. And I'll show you a quick demo of the platform. And you'll see, and I'll go through all the different windows. And we have many, many capabilities here. We're creating use case behaviors. What these items are doing in your model. So it's doing behavioral modeling of your IoT so that you can write the requirements of how it works. Um, uh, basically, we're going to scroll through real quick, and I'll go into the real platform of this here. And you see what we're doing is we're showing your data analytics. You're connected to the particular this device is connected to Exalead. Um, we're showing how the behavior of multiple models. We're showing you your dashboards, and we're showing you how everything is in, is interconnected within the platform. And so, you know, basically, very quickly, you can start building on the structures of the complexity. So you think about when you have an IoT product, it's, it's a system of systems type things where things are all attached. Now, very quickly, I'm gonna move into, I'm gonna to try to move into the platform itself. Um, and I'm gonna be here live on the platform. And again, it's the same model. And you can see that I've, I can rotate the model around, see all the tags that I put in. I can click on the tag and it can tell me what the device was. Now, interesting enough, we can also tag your dashboards. Or your or your or your your application. This is a PC application that's going to show the motor speed. So this is going to this will be a run dashboard. Um, when I scroll down a little bit, right here I'm going to show the controller, and then I'm going to be able to show the information. What happens when I hit the start button? So I'll be able to do all the behavior and how all the interactions of all the different systems are interacted. Um, go down a little more is I had a system with multiple robots. We wanted to make sure that they didn't collide and so forth. So we're able to define how these robots are going to move within the, within the movement element uh, envelope. Again, a dashboard on performance. We wanted to understand the speed of the motors. Are we seeing any stuttering? How the data is coming across? So what we're doing is we're defining how our dashboard is going to look. What information from the robot is being transferred to the cloud, go to the dashboard, and being displayed. And then... Um, um, then this was just a, 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 the ability for us to find parts and more parts using the Exalead uh, interface. And then when I go up into here, I, in this particular case, I use the 3D experience for our platform, uh, our platform for doing the data. And you'll see that I have um, a 3D experience, uh, you know, different connectivities <clears throat> and so forth. So I'm allowed to define um, how, that, how the different uh, interconnects go. So the next thing that we, were, that we were able to do is to actually show the use cases, which I didn't really show you, but the use cases allow us to show what happens. And in this particular, this thing, this particular one, I'm going to pause real quick, is I'm hitting um, the start button. And now once I hit the start button, it's going through how the run is going to behave, how, how you've modeled your, your, your systems to go. So um, real quickly... You know that's this that's this this platform of the of the use cases. Now we have what we call the execution hub, um, and what the execution hub allows us to have others join. And if you don't have technology, or you have other groups. We can actually use. In in the case of commercial, we have uh, other you other organizations and other companies. What I was thinking in the case of here is we could tie different uh, hubs together or different. Fab Labs together with because some people will have different technology. Just think if you could go net, you know, network and using this type of platform, ask for help from a different thing, from a different organization. And the last one is is that once you have your device connected, we can look at um, the runtime of how things of how things work. Again, it gives you a model. It gives you all of the applications, how the how the data is running, and it can run simulations on that. So there you got a IoT platform in five minutes. So um, if you have any questions, let me know. 
but we have a really packed agenda and I'm still five minutes, so. Yeah, so thank you, thank you, Lou. Uh, you know, IoT is a very complex topic and uh, of course we are available to, uh, to expand on this because we have a lot of expertise. Now, I would like to have Sean you to uh, talk about the Fab Connect, which is something that is uh, very relevant. Uh, Sean? Yes, oh, thank you. Um, uh, my name is Sean Liu. I've been working with Neil on the interfacing between the uh, X-Design server setup with the mods. And here I'm going to give you some quick demo about how to communicate between two uh, systems. Um, for example, here I have an X-Design with mother loaded and with one part face. If you want to laser cut it, how do I do that? So you go to the tools menu. And in there, there's a fat connect, and you click on fat connect. There will dialog pop up with open mods. You open, and you will give you a, a cloned uh, um, mods with uh, mods.solwars.com. And it's the same a version, uh, older version, a couple of months older than what you have to do with the MIT mods. Now, uh, the interface that I'm going to introduce, there are three interface type here. Um, the module code connect has SVG, then you have uh, three types. Extract face is the uh, pull from mods to get the uh, the faces with the same thickness. And select face is a push, is sending the select face from extent to mod. And PCB is the uh, server-side PCB component uh, communication. I'm gonna show you all three interfaces. Uh, now, first thing is that I'm gonna select the program here, and we already have a uh, prototypes on demo program, for example, applog, laser cut, we're gonna select and open here, you see the program. And uh, let me just scale this window a little bit and you can see the view and go back to X design. You, when you, you have to keep the dialog open to the manual mm -hmm. communication uh, available. So you select the face here, you can see the face sent to the, your mod's web browser. Mm -hmm. And from here, you can do the rest of the task, go the, um, uh, the generate the profile and send it to the machine, consent to the machine. Of course, I don't have a machine connected at this moment. Um, the second demo is for the, uh, the push, the pull model. Uh, for, for example, here, let me close this round and open up another model. This is a understood uh, query by Sam and uh, from um, Neil's uh, lab. And you can see here, this part has multiple bodies there, but every part, everybody has the same thickness. So again, I do the open mods. And here I'll choose a different example program. From the shop out, there's a SVG 2D connects. And in here, since it's a pool, so I have to define the thickness in the module here. The example already have a, a um, 0.75 inch defined. Mm -hmm. And only thing I need to do is say extract. So you find the, uh, all the same thickness and generate, take, take the, uh, the top face and lay out here. And also thank you this, so he generated this, the uh, array layout for the SVGs. So so we can put the, all the parts in one sheet and start the cut in it. All right. Now let's go back to our third example, uh, PCB. Um, unfortunately, PCB not working 
with the uh, desktop only. So this is a software PCB model, and you can do the also one foundation for the IoT to the the board design. And SolidWorks here, desktop, has a communication capability with the, uh, the PCB uh, the process. And so one thing, first thing what you do is that I'm gonna pull uh, the design of the PCB into the SolidWorks in the real time, and this will generate the uh, 3D model of the PCB parts. So in the PCB here, you can have schematic and trace and layout. And here, in the SOLIDWORKS here, you will see the, the 3D model parts. And the same interface we have for X design is also available in SOLIDWORKS. Here we have a web connect and do the same, exactly the same process, communicate the same program here. And from here, I'm going to have a, just a demo of the PCB SPG connect. And you can see the side by side. This is exactly the same PCB you've been using, taking the just a plain image, but only thing difference is the first one we have this PCB connect interface talk to itself. And to get the, the, uh, the process is to get uh, the trace um, uh, machine and then do the boundary. So how to get trace that? So when you click it, it will go to talk to the, the servers and servers will go to talk to the uh, PCP and get the top trace, and you can set up your tool and smaller tool size and do the calculate and do the PCB process to your. Uh, this is a, a Portland SLM20, for example. And the second step is cut out the border of it. So we can uh, get our line, the same thing, and choose a different type of tool for outline for quicker fast and do the calculate, and you see the outline and you do the same thing. So it's a uh, convenience that you do the uh, um, two cuts in the same setups. All right. there's, a, uh, there's a group of people on your left who are smiling and getting really excited. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, if you see the PC, uh, PCB is uh, available, will be in the education uh, uh, package of SolidWorks this June. So uh, every five lab should be getting one of that. PCB. I think so. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, we we can make it earlier, even earlier, if you need that. All right, all right. So that's um, the other thing. The other second demo I'm going to show is a marketplace that John Paul is talking about. Uh, the market. Oh, sorry. Open the wrong parts. A marketplace is a. Uh, um, it's a community that the integrate the the manufacturing and pass supply into your design component. Um, for example, that if I go to the pass supply, which is a component supplier, as John Paul has mentioned that we have about the uh, hundred, more than hundred the uh, supplier with uh, 30 million parts available at this point. Yes, and it's growing at this point. And it has all the parts type, mm -hmm. and you can just go there and select uh, the one you like, and the convenience I'm showing the demo here because we have a great uh, interface with the SOLIDWORKS on the customer. You also can get from your invite in your, uh, if you get the invite from your X design here, you go to top portion, you also get those two. But you have to do menu, upload, download, all the stuff. And here we do the uh, um, 
better integration to help. For example, here I Sorry, want. John, John yes. I'm going to interrupt. This is great. We have ten minutes left, um, so I need to use the remaining time carefully. Yeah. Okay. Just a quick demo that how to search the path. For example, I want to replace a baron here. So search for deep groove or oh sorry, I apologize. Uh, when Sean is not working for MIT, he's working on this project. That's why he's so passionate about it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, And of course, his goal is to put these capabilities directly inside the edge design. Then now you can see that I have a bunch of the uh, ball bearing, and I just pick one I want to replace. And you can, there's a configuration, you can change all the size or, or whatever. That now I will just say, I will got to replace the one we have designed. I like a different one. And I was select copy and just okay, you got your very face. What just one last one? Then you also have a, a a search, and you say that the geometric search. This is very powerful. You just create your path and your component. Then you try to find the similar components, and you just right click and you can find it very quickly, and all your relative components you can select the replace. Okay. okay. Thank you. Thank you. We played magic to do all those things. Last but not least, Eric, to talk about the very important topic of simulation in the context of additive manufacturing. Eric? Eric, about five minutes to leave time for a few questions. Okay, I'll, I'll uh, skip right through this pretty quickly. I think we can get to the point very quickly. First, just a, a quick introduction. My name is Eric Waybrandt. I am with the Simulia brand. I came up here from Providence this morning. I've been with the for about 20 or so years since we were 50 guys sitting in a brick building in Providence typing out Fortran code. And we had big visions back then about what simulation could do as far as impacting design. And it's, it's, it's really um, fun to see that we're reaching some of those goals now. Um, so two things I really wanted to talk about here is some of the technologies that, that, uh, that we're developing down there in Providence that are relevant. We've already seen, we've already seen a, a demo of this one here. Um, um, we call it generative design is oftentimes used. It's based on a technique called topology optimization. It's been around for many, many years. Basic idea is start with a big block that represents your design space and remove material until you get to an optimized design. It hasn't been very well or widely used in industry for many years, even though it's been around and for two reasons, I think. One is it was disconnected from the design environment and therefore not that well used. And two, a lot of the designs you came up with tended to be organic, as you can see, um, mimicking the process in nature. So they weren't really manufacturable. So AM is changing that and integration of this technology into tools like X-Design is making more pervasive. So, so that's really all I wanted to say about, uh, about this topic. And then I'm just gonna jump right ahead and, and, uh, and talk about the, uh, <clears throat> the, uh, the uh, actual manufacturing part. When we go to print, a 3D part or when we stamp or whatever, we have, we have this problem. It's been around for many years. We have the as design part, we have the as manufactured part and they're never the same, right? Never the same. You stamp a part, it springs back, you cast a part, it warps, you print a part, it could warp, it could have 
material properties that were uh, not, not uh, really expected and so forth. So what we're trying to do within Simulia is develop some technology where we can actually go in, simulate the actual printing process, and then use those results to feed back onto the design or potentially tweak the process or some combination of two so that the as design meets the, uh, the as manufactured is as close as possible to the as design. And, and so this is just uh, some, uh, you know, a tool that we have available now. We call it additive manufacturing research, or it's really geared towards, towards a fairly advanced user. Um, you can see the, uh, the videos here, and I'll really, I'll just focus on that for now. Um, what you're seeing in the video on the bottom is, is actually a simulation of a printing process. So maybe just back up, it started, started without me there. Um, you can see there's multiple parts. This is inside a, a 3D printing machine, so it's some controlled volume of gas to keep it from keep the uh, parts from. And you can see we're printing, simulating multiple parts piece by piece, looking at the the heat the heat uh, generated on the build plate and so forth, which can be important interactions between the various parts. Um, there's another view. Um, you can see the support structures underneath that are oftentimes needed. Here we're looking at a, a uh, you know, the, the, we don't want the tools that are actually doing the printing interfering with the part as it's manufactured. They're very expensive. So that was, that was that simulation there. This is just a, you know, a quick, a quick uh, a view of, you know, inside the application creating, you know, different loads and boundary conditions, not really all that, uh, uh, not that important here for this talk. So what I wanted to do is just spend a couple minutes now just talking about some of the technology that we're developing behind the scenes and, 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 and I hope I can get to my equations. I think I have equations here someplace. But anyways, first of all, when you have, a, you know, you have, a, you know, you design your part, you design the process and so forth. And you've got data saying, I've got heat generated at this point, material added at this point. And then in the, in the simulation world, we have a mesh, finite element method. So, finite, so what we need to do is take this design parameters and map them onto the mesh. Historically, that's usually been thrown over to the user and the user spends days, weeks, months or whatever trying to do that. Here, what we've done is, is develop the framework of physics here. It's really just bookkeeping to take the design data and map it right onto the mesh so that the user doesn't have to worry about all those complicated details. So that's all, that's a work in progress right now, but uh, it's actually quite mature at this point in time and, and, and available in, in the products. Um, and, then, and, then, and then we have physics, right? Um, material and energy, <clears throat> you know. Uh, as you can imagine here, it's very complicated. Um, we're starting with no, and so we're introducing material as we go. It's, that's something that hasn't traditionally been done with finite elements. You, you have a part and you mesh it here. We don't even have a part to start with. We're building it. So we have technology to, to introduce elements on the fly. We can partially fill them. Obviously, the surfaces evolve over time. There's heat transfer going on between the parts and so forth. Um, we have liquid to solid phase transformations. We have solid state phase transformations, all of this kind of stuff going on with the you know, very complicated physics. So we've burned in some specific use cases, primarily focus right now is on, on metals and powder bed, done some work with, with, uh, with polymers as well. And, but it's a very open framework. So there's, it's customizable because there's new processes being developed literally continuously. So it's a great tool that can be gone in and you know, if you're developing processes and so forth um, that are, unknown as of today. So that's the, that's the spiel. And I think I did it. No, pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> you got the prize for the most effective uh, time. Using. So yep. yeah, your questions, couple, yep. your questions. So, uh, so I think we have a couple of minutes. Uh, yeah. So um, you can stop the screen share.
Um, that was a great high-speed tour. To start, a couple questions, then we'll open up for a few minutes. Um, in X-Design, what's available and what's the roadmap for integrated in X-Design rendering, mechanism, simulation, those kinds of functionality? Okay, that's probably a question for, uh, for Manish, but we want it all. Manish, yeah, explain. So re rendering will come uh, by end of this year. You okay. will be able to do rendering in browser. As far as simulation is concerned, since X-Design is based on the same exact data model as CATIA, and CATIA, you know, interacts very well with Simulia. So Simulia, all possible applications work with X-Design models. So you create model in X-Design, you open it in any Simulia application, and you will be able to simulate it. So anything that Eric has in here will work with our models. Okay. Um, and mechanisms? Mechanisms are in, uh, at least in, again, X-Design, uh, GP Show, X-Design, and Product Designer, side by side. Product Designer is a full, full scalable application as of now. X-Design is, and it's, in, it's, a, it's kind of an infant child for, for the matter. <laughs> so X-Design will at some point evolve, but even today, you can start to design an X-Design. If you have Product Designer on your machine, you will be able to use mechanisms today. So you don't have to wait. So today we have we have product designer that we, we spent a lot of time with advanced kinematics, inverse kinematics, uh, and now we're going into live motion, so uh, real-time physics simulation. All this is available today with what we call applications that need the local installation for technology reasons. The unique, unique capability of X-Design is that everything is uh, in a browser. We are going to put everything in a browser. This is our strategy. We are going to do that. It will take time. Now you see modeling, 3D parametric modeling in next design. Next, you will see uh, organic shapes, which is an application that is already available today. It's called industrial designer, which is based on the subdivision technology. That will be fully available in the browser as well by the end of this year. And then we'll go with motion simulation and then simulation and everything. Great. But today, okay. the portfolio is, is complete. There is, there is nothing that you, can't, uh, that you can do. If you are at some point. Uh, next question. Um, a number of fab labs are connectivity challenged. Um, how does X design fare with little or no internet? Uh, not very well, because uh, because it needs uh, being in a browser is uh, like uh, Google Earth. How does Google Earth work without uh, no bandwidth? But, but but we have the full back opportunity of the apps, the so-called uh, apps that require installation. Being the same data model, if you have poor connectivity, we tell you it's better to use product designer, which is uh, the big brother of X-Design. Does not work in a browser, but can work in disconnected mode and still upload when it's time the data on the browser so that it can be consumed by X-Design because it is fully compatible. Yeah, what, what Mark did not show today was uh, you can start in X-Design, you can open the same data in Product Designer, modify it, and come back in X-Design, and it works both ways. So okay. for, for that reason, if you are network challenged, Product Designer is the way to go because you can work offline. And X-Design is when you have uh, proper connection. Got it. Okay. few minutes left. Let's open up to questions from anybody listening. But, uh, Neil, we need to fix uh, the bandwidth of the Fab Labs, right? What is the connectivity in, uh, in Patagonia? Just, yeah. 
No, but what's, what's interesting about that question is Fab Labs have done local networks and regional networks, and we've been working up to like national scale networks is sort of you know, DIY networking meets global scale is a project I, I'd love to see. And we've had some interesting discussions about that. There, there's a one world project, Neil, where you can launch your own satellite. Uh, no, seriously, I mean, that, it's possible, right? Built in a fab lab, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have yeah. rockets here. What's the yeah. problem of building a satellite? There's a company doing it. Probably. Okay, few minutes. Uh, questions from anybody listening? Our folks here. This isn't a question, it's, it's more of a comment. I think I'm speaking for a number of us here. When I say that. Louder. We're excited for uh, we're excited for X Design because many of us are not using PCs, and so to be able to have access to SolidWorks suite of materials, and then also collaborate with each other and across the different uh, fab labs, it's really exciting. Yeah, that side of the table sees two apples, two. <laughs> Make back yeah. three, three, actually, three. On the other side, there are a couple of more traditional. Yeah, and I wanted to underscore one of the really important things, and they've taken, you know, they've done their homework. They've taken a while to bring this out, is there are many now cloud design apps. Um, what's really uh, notable about X-Design is behind it is the whole, Pyen Katia engine, you know, the, behind it is the engine you can use to design a jumbo jet. So it, it's accessible easily in a browser, but the back end is really scalable. Yeah, not only to design, but also to simulate a jumbo jet because Simulia right now is, uh, is growing very rapidly with the, the capability to simulate multi-physics. For instance, we were talking about connected objects. So it's very important to simulate the magnetic field of the antennas, for instance. Uh, so we have this technology as well. And all yes. of this is accessible to designs created with X-Design and any Macintosh or Chromebook that you want. And uh, we, we, we've been pushing, and I think they've been happy to be pushed to get this in the hands of the students in the Fab Academy as kind of a late trial. And so one of the goals is to really sp uh, spread this around the world and see, see how it goes. Yeah, so you asked, uh, you asked uh, what about, uh, so because this uh, version of X-Design is going to be available to all the students uh, for up to one year, but we wanted to deploy it uh, worldwide to all the fab labs uh, forever. And Suchit is in charge of that, so he just came in. You can, uh, you can ask him. <laughs> Suchit, come on camera and repeat on with camera. me. And repeat with me. We're going to make X-Design available. <laughs> In fact, not only are we gonna, uh, we're working on something, Neil, in the, we would like to use the opportunity of the FAB 14 event to announce it up on the stage with you and make sure, we, which means we put the, yep. you know, we put our neck there. And yep. make sure it's, <laughs> we already did this. Which is, we are on camera and it's being recorded. Okay. Great. Um, last questions or comments from anyone? Um, by the way, uh, you join muted. If you want to talk, you have to unmute. Hello. Can anybody yep. hear me? Go ahead. Uh, I have a question. Can you go mobile with this product? Let's say you're in a car and you have a tablet with you. What kind of bandwidth do you need to uh, run X-Design? I think uh, for 4G, 3G, 4G. Maybe we, we can show that video. In fact, we were sitting, uh, GP and I, we were sitting at Charles de Gaulle Airport. 
with a very shitty with with literally with with it was the airport wifi it airport airport even, grade free wifi which and, is not and we were designing it because we had to had a, we had to give a demo in a couple of hours so <laughs> i think a hotspot a cell phone hotspot should be sufficient i was working on budget and it's working fine I really? uploaded a larger example. JetBlue? JetBlue, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's the worst of them all. <laughs> <laughs> but on, on LTE, like if you don't have the Wi-Fi, but if you have LTE, it works great, right? Yeah, yeah but and LTE, even for, LTE yeah, but even 4G. 4G, but usually. I don't think JetBlue has 4G anyway. So. No, well, it's Wi-Fi. So. Because even though yeah. you need, uh, it's not uploading or downloading data all the time. It needs to download data, then it needs to work offline, and the data <laughs> which is getting sent back and forth between the server and the client it's a very small amount of data. So it will work pretty, pretty good, even okay. on full bandwidth. Paul, by the way, in the background, you can see he, um, he has an interesting background, but he now runs a winery um, in Ohio. Like a winery. Yeah, can we, I like that fab lab. Can, can we visit the fab lab? We need to visit that one. The question is tasting in computer. Of course. That's a, that's a Okay, so we're a bit over time. So at this point, um, they've just rolled it out. It's available to everybody. Um, here, Abhishek, come so we can see you. Um, uh, uh, Abhishek will be the point for questions about how to get access and if there are any issues. And then technical issues will flow then to Sean. Um, and this will be an experiment to try rolling it out to the network. Yeah. yeah, I put it, uh, Abhishek, uh, email for convenience yeah. for everybody. Right. Great. Well, how many students do you have enrolled in this version of the Fab Academy class? Oh, it's it's a few hundred. Um, okay. uh, I don't recall the number. It's between two and three hundred. Okay. Abhi can, can, can handle them all, he said. He's not being very happy. <laughs> You can do 266 email a day, easily. <laughs> okay, so thank you all for this um, great tour, and I look forward to this experiment of rolling it out, and um, look forward to seeing you on stage at Fab 14. Okay, and thank you, uh, Neil, because your push has really been working. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Good. At, all, at all levels, you know. Yes. Good. Ha happy to help push. Okay. And the way to thank them is make great designs with this. Uh, thank you, everyone. Great. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Thank you very much. Bye. Wow. That's pretty cool.